0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter.
1: Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week is a follow-up from the episode that we did on buy once items or um, buy quality items and we did have this included as one of the topics in the Buy Once episode but it was just too big so we decided to take it out and that is the topic of fashion and clothing and we thought the whole Buy Once thing with fashion was a bit of a conversation more than just a topic within another conversation. So we decided to do it on its own and it has kind of morphed in our conversations from being uh, a little bit about better quality but also the whole conversation about fast versus slow fashion Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today what the difference is between fast and slow fashion and
0: why it matters so this is a pretty big passion point of yours isn't it beck yeah i'm
1: like i can i am starting to get a bit ranty and and passionate about this it's been a slow evolving passion though (laughs) weirdly it's it's i'm still evolving in this yeah
0: but i am a bit ranty about it it's one of those things uh in this household that has really kind of come up a lot of late because my kids have hit that lovely little age where all they want to do is shop and that shopping has become a pastime um not something you do when you need something that's it's a way to kill time and Mm. both of my girls uh, into clothes now and so this has come up and this the timing of this episode is really good for me because I did a little bit of extra research and now I'm throwing statistics at my children about <laughs> um textile waste and you know that kind of stuff and um and I think it's there's probably so many families households across the globe that are going through the same thing not just now but have been for a long time but for me it's yeah it's pretty topical
1: yeah I was thinking before we came on here about my my habits and and the things that I've been doing and the things that my family does and I've realized that even though I haven't always been very uh, sustainable um, or anything like that with my Clothes buying, and most of us aren't because we'll probably get to this. But it's the way the whole system is set up is to make it very difficult to be sustainable, or it make it harder. Um, but I, th- I realized actually that this year, um, where where are we? We're mid March so far this year. I've bought one item of clothing, apart from uh, some underwear, and I thought that's quite a shift for me. Oh no, two items of clothing and that's quite a shift for me because one of my habit has been to sort of buy clothes a little bit more regularly than that and be a little bit I'm not definitely on the fast fashion cycle but be a bit more frequent in my buying of clothes and when I sort of I even had to I didn't believe that I'd only bought two items of clothing I had to get up and search through my wardrobe to find something that was new (laughs) newer and there wasn't anything and I realised the one, the two items that I bought. One was from a an ethical, sustainable brand that I had spent about six months researching, and spent a lot of money on that item. And the other one was a vintage piece that I bought at a secondhand market. So I actually thought, "Wow, this is cool because I'm actually walking the talk. I'm allowed to rant about this <laughs> because I'm actually mm-hmm. doing it. I'm not being a hypocrite." So I feel quite, I feel quite smug at the moment that I'm actually walking the talk around this episode for now we'll see I might succumb to impulse and go and buy something cheap and nasty but you never know I might actually continue on this as well
0: because we left Australia right at the beginning or kind of the end of spring the beginning of summer I feel like I've been living in winter clothes for a (laughs) year (laughs) nine months yeah um so We, I'd left out because we were packing and all of that before we moved over here at the end of November, I left out a handful of summer clothing and the rest I packed away and has come here and I just unpacked it from boxes into storage containers um, and put them at the top of my wardrobe and we've had a really unseasonably warm week this week and I've pulled everything out, ironed it, hung it in my wardrobe, I feel like I won't need to buy clothes because mm. I haven't seen any of these clothes since yeah, about ages. this time last year in Australia yeah. um, when I started packing my summer stuff away. I feel like I've just gained 50 new <laughs> pieces <laughs> of clothing in my wardrobe, like I've just been shopping. So yeah. I think I might be able to get through the next little while yeah. without, purchasing without purchasing anything either. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think, you know, they're different – and, again, different families have different challenges. So you've got the girls at that age where, you know, they're sort of getting interested in fashion and um, and it's also their personalities as well that uh-huh. dictate a lot of that. Um, my kids are definitely not fashion orientated at all. Zoe loves clothes, but she loves clothes as art. So she follows her own fashion. Uh, so she buys vintage and she just buys... Well, mostly vintage i think she hasn't really bought anything from a an actual store that well she doesn't bought anything new for a really long time she's only bought vintage items and so she's sort of on a diff uh, you know sort of doing the whole slow fashion thing in, in, a, in a different way so she's still buying things relatively frequently but they're all secondhand. and um and ethan's not interested in fashion he he does like one particular brand of of shirt uh, of top uh, but again he doesn't need to keep buying them he's sort of happy having his few my family generally is not fashion orientated I'm the one who's probably the most clothes orientated in my family and so it's sort of a it's a small issue in our family which is kind of good because it's I don't have to make big changes if I want to be more sustainable Mm.
0: yeah I I feel like Now's the time to plant the seed with my kids, and that's why we've started mm. having the discussion. Yeah, so I, think you're right. I, yeah, just just to be, I was when I was their age, and you know, look, definitely in my twenties, it just didn't occur to me to ask the questions. It was all about mm. consumption and um, instant gratification and that yeah. kind of thing. And so, even if my kids are aware that what they're purchasing has got, you know, consequences. If they still make that choice, that's fine. I just don't want them to be completely ignorant. Yeah. So so we should get started and actually (laughs) define what what fast fashion is. Do you want to give us a definition? Okay. So...
1: It's generally defined as a design, manufacturing and marketing method that's focused on rapidly producing high volumes of clothing. And um, the garment production utilizes trend replication and low quality materials in order to bring inexpensive styles to people. And they used to be like, I think there were like four seasons in In fashion and there were sort of four releases that a store or a brand would have a year of a range and there's now well over 52 of these particular cycles so there is high high volumes of stuff being produced and high high turnover and new stuff in every single week to to these stores so that's pretty much what fast fashion um, means
0: yeah, and you know what, when I was looking into it, it's it wasn't even that long ago. They said um, a lot of the figures said, you know, even early 2000s, mid-2000s, up to 2010, most design or designer collections had two main seasons. They still had spring-summer oh, yeah. launch and a... Um, autumn winter or a fall winter launch and they were your main two um, seasons and then you would have new stock come in at the beginning of summer that was part of the spring summer collection but that wasn't available in the first few months of that season so basically people could go to the store four times a year and get different clothes but obviously the owners (laughs) um weren't happy weren't satisfied with that and so very clever economically decided to create more seasons so now yeah most fa- what we would consider fast fashion stores will have new releases of clothing weekly mm. if not twice <laughs> weekly um yeah so your clothes are out of date within a week of purchasing them yeah which is crazy yeah. and i mean that
1: there's so much to talk about this this we might end up cutting this episode in half tara i'm already anticipating this but Mm -hmm. you know it for me as well it's really easy to to blame the manufacturers for this but as consumers we are heavily responsible for this because if we didn't buy them they wouldn't do it you know they only do it because we keep buying the stuff, and so I think that we can talk with our wallets and with our behaviours, and we can take some responsibility for making this change. We can demand that they they do things to change, and we'll talk about why that why why we're we're talking about it in a negative light. But as consumers, we also have to take responsibility for that as well. And you know, there was one brand I can't remember the name of them, but they did a Black Friday sale last year and they were selling dresses for 33 cents or something it was a British brand I can't remember who they are actually I don't even want to say who they are anyway because I don't want to give them any airtime. but they were selling dresses for 33 cents now there were people bragging on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook that they had just bought 40 dresses in this sale Mm. and they were excited about that now I think as consumers, we really need to look at that behavior and be really disgusted by that, rather than excited by that. You know, because it's that kind of behavior that just encourages the producers to do things. I mean, what would you do with 40, 30 thirty cent dresses? And it's not just what would you do with them. Like where would you put them? And and if they cost, this is, I mean, I'm I'm jumping ahead, and so I'm already getting ranty. But if it costs, if it's costing the consumer thirty three cents, where is the real cost? like who's it actually costing it's clearly costing the fabric manufacturers the garment manufacturers and and those types of people and the people whose water source is getting taken and all of that kind of stuff you cannot get you cannot buy something for 30 cents and think that everyone wins in that situation there's just no way
0: and even even when it's more than 33 cents mm. even when it's a $5 t-shirt mm. even when it's a $12 pair of pajamas to make garments quickly and in such high volumes to be able to offer them at such cheap prices they have got to be corners that are oh, cut that's yep. just part of the model um so you cannot offer consumers these ridiculously cheap prices without something being abused in the process Yes, yeah, exactly so should we run through a few of the the victims i yeah. guess can we call them victims or, or some of the Um, Just some of the features of fast
1: fashion, and they're mostly negative, so we can call them features, but they are just features of of fast fashion.
0: So I guess the first one that comes to mind for me is that a lot of the people that are manufacturing this, the people that are sewing, um, stitching beads on, are not being paid a fair living wage. Mm -hmm. Those workers are being paid you know, far below the poverty line in a lot of countries. And from some of the reading I've been doing, um, if you can find a fast fashion garment with sequins or beading, chances are that's child labour because most factories can't, like if you buy a ball gown with, you know, intricate beading or um, covered in sequins, there's either a machine which has done that which are quite expensive. Mm. Or someone's done it by hand and you see that that's reflected in the cost. But if you buy a little jumpsuit that's covered in sequins that you can get for $12 where is the where mm. has the, that beating that stitching the sequining where is it come from? It's they're not paying for these expensive machines to do it. Mm. There is there is a child sitting in a mm. you know
1: in a dark room in house somewhere. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, that's stitching those beads on and I think it's too easy to see the price tag and not see what the cost is. Mm.
1: Mm. So, yeah, um, so low living wages and, um, and child labour and also poor working conditions. I'm sure we've all heard of the terrible garment factory fires in Bangladesh in the last decade and, and other places that have had terrible... Accidents, uh, fires, or or other things that have happened in in these particular um, garment factories, and also sometimes they don't work in factories. They they have to work at home or um, whatever it is. However, they work. Um, it's it it's unsafe in a large proportion of of the the cheap factories.
0: And that's why so many fast fashion labels, um, the products are made overseas because. Uh, in our western countries you couldn't get away with yeah with paying people such poor wages you couldn't get away um you know occupational health and safety regulations you couldn't have people working in cramped conditions fire hazards all that kind of thing so there's no way that people could be producing the kind of garments in our western culture mm. but it, like how insane that we're prepared to ship that off to people mm. with less rights, less money, mm. um, and still demand our our cheap clothes.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. Now, just w- while we rant, Tara and I are just as much a part of the problem as everyone else. So we're not judging here. <laughs> we've all bought the things. We've all done this oh, stuff. Yeah. So um, we're uh, we're well aware of our own behaviours and the impact that they've had. And this is why we're trying to change. Um, but there's no judgment there on anybody else out there because, hey, we've been there.
0: And and like like I said, with my kids, I think half the battle is just knowing that you're a part of the system. If you can educate yourself and know that, that this is, what happens Mm. i feel like that's a massive step even if you're not like we of course we'd love you to change your behavior we'd love to permanently change our behavior as well but i think not knowing is a Mm. even bigger mistake Mm. having no idea of what the actual cost is yeah and it is easier
1: to behave to change your behavior if you have the knowledge you actually feel guilty not changing your behavior if you have the knowledge (laughs) it's like mm. i know this and i feel bad so i need to make some kind of change uh, and and what we're going to be talking about today uh, later on is how that we can make those changes and the great thing is that you don't have to all of a sudden start making your own fabric and sewing your own clothes uh, there are small gradual changes that you can make to improve um improve things as well uh, so back to fast fashion um another thing that is synonymous with fast fashion is synthetic materials um plastic derived materials chemical use high Mm. amounts of water use and water pollution so there's all of that environmental stuff as well
0: yeah the environmental impacts are huge and not just from the manufacture of the items which you know sees hazardous chemicals being dumped in water systems and that kind of stuff. But also once the high volume of these clothes are in circulation, there's all the um, microplastics that are being discarded every time we wash them. Mm. Um, and then because we pay such little amount for these clothes, we have this idea that they're somehow really disposable disposable. Mm. you know and so then we don't even make the effort to recycle them like we might and then so a whole lot goes to landfill so it's not even Mm. just the production that is the issue it's also uh disposing of them at the end of their life and 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 some of
1: them some of some fast fashion brands discard billions and like with a b billions of dollars worth of unsold garments so they don't even enter into the market they're made and then they're disposed of they don't they don't (laughs) it just blows me away
0: (laughs) so um because it's been 20 minutes and i haven't even given a stat yet i feel (laughs) like now is the time uh one of the stats i found on this was that more than 500 billion dollars of value is lost each year due to clothing under utilisation and a lack of recycling. So that's both buying clothes that then don't get worn, don't get used, or having clothes that are discarded instead of recycled. Mm. So $500 billion yearly. Mm. And um, I'll put a link in the. There'll be lots of links in the show notes, I think, mm. this week. But I found a website with... Twenty great stats on fast fashion. So, if you want some um, some other big numbers, if you're having these discussions with your kids mm. and you want to,
1: you gotta throw stats at them. Um, yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Arm um, yourself with uh, some stats. I'll make sure there's a few in the show notes for you. Mm. Now, one of the one of the things that I have seen people argue about
1: online with fast fashion is that there is there is an argument that proponents of fast fashion, usually the companies themselves make, and that is that they provide a service to people with low incomes by providing cheap clothes. Now, actually, the reality is that the fast fashion industry is held up by middle income people, not lower income people. And that is a complete misrepresentation and that if the fast fashion industry were to change or disappear that people on lower incomes would not be disadvantaged there are still ways to produce affordable clothing without all of the other bad things there might be a couple of bad things in there there might there's there's some corners to be cut but it doesn't have to be as bad there doesn't have to be as much waste there doesn't have to be as um poor working conditions and and um you know abuse of civil liberties and all that kind of stuff so yeah before it is an it is something that is an issue but most people who buy fast fashion are simply buying uh, fast fashion not because they can't afford anything more expensive but because they like the idea of buying high volumes of stuff and they can't afford the volumes they like at the high prices so they're actually choosing cheap clothing at higher volumes so they could actually spend less, spend the same amount of money um, by buying more clothing at a higher price, um, but they choose to go the other way. So it's actually the middle income purchases that hold up the fast fashion industry, not lower income.
0: And I recall even being a student and if I had a spare $50 left in my pay packet at the end of the week once I'd paid everything, I'd go shopping and instead of seeing... That if I, there was, you know, a top that I was after and it was normally $50. If I went in and saw that it had been reduced to 10, I never used to go great. I'll buy it for 10 and I'll take 40 home. <laughs> I'd buy five of them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I would go great. That just means I get can more. get one in every color. Mm. Um, and like, I shudder now thinking at the churn that has gone on in my wardrobe for years and years and as I've got older it's slowed down and there's a whole lot of reasons for that which Mm. we'll cover as well when you're trying to think of some ways to avoid the fast fast fashion traps but I was I'd wear things a handful of times if that and they would become old Mm. you know it would be You know, now for me, something that's old. Oh, yeah, I've had that denim jacket for 20 years. (laughs) That's now old. But (laughs) when I was in my early 20s, if I'd worn a top three times in my head, that was old. Mm. People had seen me in that. I needed something new. Mm. And I just think now I think that's crazy. But I can see that my kids have got that same Mm. that same mentality and when they watch people on social media they're never in the same clothes Mm, yeah you know post after post after post social media is worse because you know I was actually
1: looking at my feed recently and I looked and there was over like four weeks or about four or five photos or something and in it (laughs) there's one photo and then there's another one three weeks later and it's like the whole family and we're almost all wearing the same things <laughs> in those three weeks apart. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, gosh, how boring. But then I thought, well, actually, you know, that means that we're wearing our stuff, you know, so that's not, that's not a bad thing.
0: And the truth is you are probably the only person that notices that.
1: Yeah, and also if someone else noticed, I don't care. Like I don't care
0: anymore. Yeah.
1: In, in my 20s, God, I would have cared. But now, pff, whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and that's part of flipping the narrative on this stuff is instead of commenting or thinking, oh, gosh, I've seen that top before on that person or haven't they owned that a long time, we should be celebrating the fact that, wow, you've still got that denim jacket 20 years on mm. and you're still wearing it. That's awesome. Good on you for looking after it so well that you can still be wearing the same item 20 years later. Yeah yeah I agree. Mm. I reckon I think I saw
1: a friend recently in in a photo wearing something that I had seen her wear a lot before, and I got this great sense of familiarity it like i actually I enjoyed it because it sort of painted that a whole picture of of her and there was this um this sense of oh there she is, that's my friend, like all of her like that's you mm-hmm. know and so I quite like seeing people in things that i've I've seen them in before because yeah, it, it, they become part of them, which is nice.
0: So I think we've quite painted a pretty – it's pretty grim, really, <laughs> yeah. picture of fast fashion, but it's the high volume, highly disposable in our heads, you know, garments, um, cheap that go out of f- fashion. And I guess fast fashion is just that. It is trend-seeking and – it's updated so quickly there's not even I don't feel like there's even themes like the colors these days what color is in fashion well it depends if it's this week or next week. yeah so um yeah it's that it's that really high volume turnover so how does that compare them with slow fashion how would you how would you define that Beck? So yeah, I guess the slow fashion is essentially, you know,
1: which what everyone would expect would be kind of the opposite. So it's um, a, a, a slow. It, it is a an intentional approach to fashion. Um, so slow fashion is like an awareness. It's a lifestyle. It's an approach to fashion. There is. I, I don't think there is a slow fashion industry. There is a sustainable fashion industry, which would be a very similar thing. Um, but slow fashion is kind of a broad term that we'll, we'll talk a lot about, that will relate to uh, secondhand buying and um, sustainable buying and bespoke purchases and those kinds of things. Um, so it's a bit of an umbrella term. Um, It considers the processes and the resources required to make the clothing. The focus is on sustainability. The focus is on um, better quality garments, on fabrics that are better for the environment, um, things that will last longer, and uh, values around the treatment of people, animals and the planet.
0: I feel like back in the day, and I'm talking way (laughs) before my time. I was just going to say, which which day is that? (laughs) Not, to, so not the 90s. but the- when, Yeah, I was going to say what my children call the olden days is not what I call it. They call the 90s <laughs> the olden days. I'm talking, you know, uh, mid-20th century. Yep. All fashion was slow fashion, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. You know, like um, one thing I've heard recently is that the average cost of a shirt – in the 1930s, I think it was, was $25, which was huge, mm. which is why people would mend their shirt. They, if you bought a shirt, you would look after it mm. and if it got a hole, you would mend it and if it ripped, you would mend it mm. and, you know. And you had one eventually... good one
1: so that, it, yeah. you know, it stayed good for long and you only wore it at special occasions, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And then if it got to the point where you couldn't mend it, you would then use the rags for that for some other purpose. Like you would use it until it was so shriveled. There was no fabric left to be called fabric, you know. And with all of the change in um, our economy and our financial stability and all of that and what our dollar is worth now, you can still get a shirt for $25. Mm. You know, you think $25 back in the day was huge cost. Now $25 is nothing. So you are you think with the how much everything else has gone up, houses, mm. cars, you know, and you can still get a shirt for $25. So what are we doing differently? And it's yeah. all those things that we talked about before. Yeah. Um, well, you can get a shirt for $5, you know. So it's actually cheaper. Yeah.
1: It's actually cheap. It's not even the same. It's cheaper to buy, buy clothing. And, I mean, there is a difference in quality in the clothing. So uh, back pre, pre-war, you know, clothing was often made to fit. So tailors made your clothes, you made your own clothes, that kind of thing. And um, you, you bought, you know, things that were made just for you. So there wasn't a, as much of the off-the-rack stuff that was a generic size it was all you know made made for you and so that that obviously would increase the cost and the fabrics you know they were um the fabrics were were higher quality I th- I would expect I don't know as much about that but I expect the the fabrics were higher quality and um lots of wool lots of cotton lots of linen and they obviously cost a little bit more and so you know they're that that sort of all equates to that you know that that higher cost and then because of the high costs oh, the cockies are going nuts again <laughs> it's a, mm-hmm. that time, of the, honestly I don't know when they're not screaming these days so I can't mm-hmm. pick a good time to record so yeah the um what was I saying uh the quality of the fabric yeah, and was the saying. fact oh, yeah. that they
0: were bespoke
1: and so because of the higher cost, people were people had fewer clothes. And, you know, there's there were some bad things about that. You know, if you ask someone who was living through that time if they would like more clothes, they'd probably say, Well, yes, please. <laughs> but at the same mm. time, we don't have to go back to having only two good dresses and two day dresses. We we can we can still have a balance, you know, but we, we've gone too far in the other direction, I think.
0: Mm. And uh, I just think we've lost any kind of connection to where our products come from Mm. you know when you would have bought a shirt back in the day you would you would probably know who made it potentially you even know you would have ordered it yeah mm, um who where the fabric was grown where the cotton was grown Mm. if not you know the farmer you might know the state it came from you'd certainly know the country it came from. Now we put clothes on our bodies having no idea who has made them Mm. and where the products used for making those clothes have come from. Mm. We just have lost any connection. And I feel like it's something, you know, that we talk about with decluttering a lot is that connection to items Mm. and that's why they're hard to let go. And I feel like that's one of the big issues we have with churning through clothing is that because we've lost that connection and because we feel we haven't paid a lot of money for it there's there's nothing there that makes us think twice about discarding it Mm. and and i've i know i've i've done the same when i've bought something really cheaply if i don't like it anymore it is so much easier to put it in the bin than to try and (laughs) sell it or even go to the effort of donating it because you don't have that that cost bias. You think, oh, it's, you know, it's not worth it. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's kind of self-fulfilling then that we, we pay less, we care less, mm. we do less with it and then we... Yeah, and then so with, with the whole slow
1: fashion thing, you know, if we can build part of slow fashion is knowing where your things come from. Uh, knowing who who that who made them not the person necessarily but generally you know where they're made and how they're made and and that the company that makes them is open and transparent about who and uh, who makes it where they source the products from um, the supply chain all that kind of stuff and so you know there's there's a, a slow fashion brand here in Adelaide that I've just started following I just discovered her, and I've forgotten the name of the brand we'll put a link in but she's got really cool prints and what she does is she she sources fabric uh she then um sources art from people uh, licenses that art, and then prints gets it printed, and she knows exactly who does the printing and all that kind of stuff. And then she actually sews the clothes herself. And you know, so with that particular kind of of slow fashion, it's um, you can actually I could ask her a question about you know where was this fabric made and what is it made from and where's the factory and you know all that kind of stuff, and she would know all of the answers to that. And and then I could know the answer to that, and then I would be connected to these clothes a little bit more. So that's the sort of the 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 whole idea of Of slow fashion is that um, there's that awareness of of where things are coming from, and then maybe some connection to to it. The problem with slow fashion and and some people is that they don't equate fashion with slow, because they equate fashion with trends. And I think we have to separate out the the whole idea of trends is incredibly problematic. There's nothing wrong with fashion. Like there's nothing wrong with. With clothes, and there's nothing wrong with expressing yourself through clothes and through fashion. It's the trend thing and it's the pressure to wear things that are only the latest trend. That is my, the, one of the major issues here. And so when people sort of think slow fashion, they'll be like, well, I'm going to be out of fashion really quickly. <laughs> I mean, no, you're not. You can still buy lots of clothes if you can afford it. You can go to directly to to, to um, sustainable Uh, fashion creators and buy stuff from them constantly you can buy from a billion different sustainable slow fashion brands so that you can get lots of clothes and always be up to date Um, so it doesn't mean that you're not having lots of clothes all the time but it means you need a lot of money to do that (laughs) Um, Mm. but it just it it, so it's the whole trend thing is the problematic part of it and and I think part of switching to to, from fast fashion to slow fashion is to coming to is, is the coming to terms with the idea that you are not wearing the latest thing
0: all the time and you're not going to be and you're okay with that. Mm. And one thing I talk to my kids about is if they've got some staples, I'm like then you don't need to like there's – this thing with butterflies at the moment and embroidered butterflies on stuff. And I was like, well, rather than buying a dress, shorts, top hoodie, everything with embroidered butterflies right now, why don't you buy your regular, like a plain denim shorts, a plain t-shirt, you know, something (laughs) that you like the color of and that fits well, that will still be around next summer and buy a necklace with the, but bright butterfly or buy a belt with the butterfly on that you can wear with your jeans with your shorts with your skirts you know like maybe accessorize yep. with the trend item mm. so that you've got staples but you know trying to get that message across and you know that sounds so mum- mumsy right? <laughs> just accessorize it does um, and and I know
1: we have to remember what it's like to be a teenager and and uh, it, it, and fitting in is really important And Mm. if everyone else is wearing that thing, they want to wear that thing as well. And I think, you know, there is a certain amount of finding a balance there, like you said, you know, of, okay, I'm not going to say, no, you can't have butterflies because they're not going to be in fashion in two years' time and I want you to still be wearing this top in two years' time, which most – your kids are growing too rapidly for that anyway. but you know it is that sort of yeah finding that balance you know between making sure that they still feel like they fit in because that is important and as much as Mm -hmm. in our 40s we can be like i don't care what anyone thinks it's very easy for us to forget what it feels like when you're 15 and you're not not the same as everybody else so yeah i get that
0: yeah and and one of the conversations we've had is around okay so you want a tie-dye top and they think it's hilarious that I ever wore tie dye. They're like that. Are wasn't you kidding? A thing their grandparents the wore tie-dye. Oh, yeah. Like their grandparents like, invented can... tie-dye. Yeah. Um, they're like, What? You wore tie-dye? <laughs> I'm like, yes, is that so unbelievable? But I'm like, okay, rather than having three different tie dye tops, buy one. Buy one that's good quality, that you love enough to wear frequently, mm. and just and wear it till it's dead Mm. you know um and then pass it down to your sister (laughs) (laughs) but um (sighs) you know rather than and that's the thing it's that whole idea of you don't need duplicates of everything especially especially the high fashion the high trend stuff yeah yeah yeah, when it's because you won't get through you will never get close to wearing anything out yeah um because the next trend will be yeah. here so buy one thing of the trend rather than yeah. everything do you
1: remember hypercolor mm. t-shirts
0: oh <laughs> yes when are they coming back
1: <laughs> i have seen them occasionally pop up i was like are they coming back and there's like this they're coming back kind of article when they actually don't ever come back but uh, i had one hypercolor t-shirt but i was just thinking imagine if i had 10 of them what a waste because they weren't in fashion for very long and no. it became very uncool to wear hypercolour not long after it was very, very cool to wear it.
0: <laughs> yep. So we've kind of covered fast what fast fashion is, what slow fashion is. Shall we leave it there? Yeah. Until next I week? I think
1: so. So then next week what we're going to talk about is if you – if this has unsettled you and you've started thinking maybe you would like to make some change, then um, next week, what we're going to do is talk about how you can make that change um, and give you some resources. I've got more rants coming. Um, this is why we're stopping now, because I reckon I have at least 10 minutes on H&M. <laughs> we can, <laughs> we'll do that next week. Stay tuned. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that next week is we'll arm you with some tools um, and I'm, I'm also going to talk because I've actually been relatively successful at doing it lately I'll, I'll also sort of talk to you about some of the methods that I've used as well to, to make the shift um, as best that that I can and uh, so maybe you can sort of do that as well it's sort of I started off with like doing an intentional wardrobe and then that has progressed to a sustainable wardrobe so I've evolved over time and it has taken me five years Years since I started doing this, so it's not a quick thing. But you know, if you're interested in in the process, I can enlighten you on that one as well. And if
0: you're not interested, I'll bore you in that one as well. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to do a bit more research on this between now and then, um, we will put plenty of links in the show notes for you to go exploring and find out more about fast fashion and slow fashion. Um, come join us in our Facebook community and have a chat with it with us about all of it there as well and then we will see you back here next week for the conversation to continue
1: thanks for joining us we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered if you'd like to connect with us you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com